The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Cattell Marte is back, baby. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Derek Montia and Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang Podcast. Guys, our best player in town our is best back on the buddy team. is back. Does he eat? Does he pitch? Is he a starting pitcher? <laughs> no, no. He doesn't well, do that. then I'm not really. He's not Shohei Otani. Not going to work out then. Cattell Marte missed a significant chunk of time. In case you've been li- uh, living under a rock, um, pretty much a month, a little more than a month. A little more feels than feels like. Correct. He's been out. He has been out until last night since April seventh. Okay, think. so over a month. Mm-hmm. I think he played in like what seven games or something. He's hitting four hundred something before yeah, he the got, injury. He got hurt in. Uh, the Colorado, the first col- series in Colorado, the second series of the season. Correct. Well, he's Ugh. back, uh, swinging the bat, which is good. Had a double last night, going the other way. He was playing outfield. He was. Which we had this discussion last week. Should you start him at second base, a less strenuous I, defensive position? I was kind of surprised because um, in the first game where he was activated off the injured list, he pinch hit. Um, he didn't start that game. And he legged out a, um, a what would have been a double play ball, and he did not look like he was running a hundred percent. He looked like he was still running kind of gingerly because um, there. I think the I think the neck in the next at bat there was a wild pitch, so he went to second base, and even when just going to second base, he looked like he wasn't really running. You know, and that could it, be by design. It could be. I mean, he could just be nursing it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised, but also not really to see him in center field because it seems like they have pretty much, at least for this year, just he he's their center fielder. He's not going to play anywhere else, um, which is kind of weird because you do have a guy, guy like Tim LaCastro who can play center field and cover a lot of ground. But honestly, Tim LaCastro has not looked really good in center field this year he's 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 made a couple attempts at diving catches and been really off on them um i believe in miami there was a ball he dove for and he wasn't even close and it got all the way behind him and then in this dodger series he dove for a ball on the warning track and didn't extend his glove hand far enough and he missed the ball and it went over it it went over the fence for a ground rule double so maybe just in terms of defense, Marte is probably their best defensive center fielder. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, when you think true. of center field, I think a lot of people just assume the faster you are, the more likely it's not you are true. to play center and field. And I'm guilty of that. I'm sure. totally guilty of it. Well, and speed is not a bad thing no, to have it's, in it's, center it's field. It's really good to have. But, but Marte seems to have the instincts. Yes. I think the other yes, thing here instincts. is that they have options at second base and things that they can move around, whereas center field, they really are limited right now. I mean, They were limited before he got hurt. Correct. That's why they, he's out there. They, they sent Nick. <laughs> Keith down when they called him up, so yeah. that limited one of their center field options right there. Uh, I think they just they're looking for offense. They've been terrible offensively as of late. And when you know he left during his injury, he had the sixth best best OPS in Major League Baseball. And you know he's he, he's such a big part of this offense. I think right now they're more concerned with trying to get the offense rolling. Some of these losses this past week to the Dodgers weren't significantly huge losses. It was just that the offense could they, not They scored produce. a combined six runs six in that runs series. In four games. Yeah. In four not games. Not good. Not good. You know? Well, and on top of that, and maybe it's the causation or maybe it's the result of, but 
you're trying to scrap together a team right now with that's, the number of injuries that you have. And really I feel like we've been talking about this since the season started, but they've been trying to fill holes every which way. And that's what's led to opportunities for guys like Pavin Smith or uh, Josh Rojas. Over a seven-day span from <laughs> May 12th to May 18th, they made seven roster moves impacting 14 players with seven <laughs> players going on the injured list comprised of three position players in Cabrera, Kelly, and Walker, two starting pitchers in Gallon and Weaver, and two relievers in Bukowskis and Davinsky. Uh, and Davinsky's on the 60-day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Chris Davinsky thing has that been weird not from worked. the start. That no. has not worked I out. was surprised that they even put him on the 60-day and didn't cut him. To be honest, it doesn't seem right now, even with their limited options, that they're they're being very patient with some guys. Well, They DFA'd Yon Lopez, which was a surprise if you looked at everything before the beginning of last season, but then combined 2020-2021, and it's no surprise that he got DFA'd. Not good lately. The only yeah. problem there is is patience within the organization. I almost feel like this has to be a result of an attitude kind of thing rather than it being – uh, you know, maybe his performance. I also think that he might have been out of options, and I know that that's coming up with a lot of their minor league, like guys like Yon that they've been calling up and sending down, calling up and sending down a lot over the last, you know, two seasons because they've been manipulating their bullpen and their starting rotation. I haven't looked into whether or not he has options left, right. but even if, if he does, that speaks volumes about what they're trying to accomplish with Yohan Lopez. The organization would never come out and say this, that they're giving up on a player. But man, move, if you DFA a guy who has options still, that's saying something. Well, they optioned him on April 29th. So, and then they brought so him So he's already up. been sent down to this year? Yes. He has, yes. yeah. So he has options. He has This year is an option year then. Right. Because options work in years. So, so that, so that move of DFAing him pretty much speaks for itself. That it I feel like they're kind of done with him. You can still keep a player. He could go down he to the minors if he accepts cle- that yeah, role. Yeah, uh, but that's part of the problem. I you know. I don't know. I don't know what it means for his future. It definitely doesn't speak well of what they expect from him. It does the opposite for me, which I'm yeah. a little surprised by. I mean, Nine, what was it a year ago that Derek you said that you thought maybe he would end up being the closer for this team? I mean, yeah, definitely. I, after the 2019 season and that was the thing was we were seeing improvement, we were seeing more games, we were seeing more usage. Right. Um he has given up 9 earned runs in 12.1 innings pitched this season. Yeah, that's atrocious. You know, you can't mm. you can't count on him. There's no reliability. I know that's been a big thing with this bullpen. In fact, I know Bear had a very good point about their usage of Kevin Ginkle in big situations continuously, despite the fact that he hasn't really proven He's to be effective bad. in those situations. And I know it's it's tough to say, like, why do these guys keep getting up? Well, Tori Lovello doesn't have a lot to work with in that bullpen right now. No. Um, Soria's been hurt. He's now back. Clippard's been hasn't even appeared in a game yet this year. He's been injured since spring training. A guy who's never been on the injured list in his career, by the way. Um, Bukowskis is injured. Davinsky was on the restricted list, and Davinsky is now injured. It's just like you can only use Stefan Crichton so much <laughs> before, <laughs> before his arm falls off. Right. So, and the thing about Kevin Ginkle is that he's got really good stuff. It's the same thing with Yoan Lopez. He's got really good stuff, but he more often than not he is not on his game, and his stuff is over the middle of the plate. He's walking guys. And like Yohan Lopez, we've seen when he's come 
outcome in games this year. It's either he is perfectly just laser focused and the stuff is good, or he can't locate anything. And I, lately, he can't locate anything. I'll tell you who's been really good, in my opinion, has been Taylor Clark. And Taylor Clark, yes, I think he's been Taylor really Clark good. has been probably one of the bright spots of the bullpen, despite not having very many. He's been so good. Uh, and he hasn't, hasn't allowed a homer in the last 11 games, by and the way. And Taylor Clark's got a, like a good mentality out there. He's just going to throw strikes. And that's what you need to do if you're, a, if you're a relief pitcher. You don't help anybody's cause when you come in relief and just can't throw a strike. On the other side. Because you don't get very many pitches. Right, <laughs> you, know? you don't get very many chances. On the other side of things, the Diamondbacks call up longtime major leaguer, outfielder, Josh Reddick. Hey, and uh, his reception to the major leagues was I, uh, quite interesting. I thought that was kind of like, oh my gosh, poor Josh Reddick, you're you're having him make his 2021 debut in Dodger Stadium. That's so. Kind what of, happened, oh, Derek? Man. The organ player played. I saw the sign when he came up for his first uh, event. That's which clever. I thoroughly enjoyed. That's clever. I thoroughly enjoyed. It's we all have a good life. Because are you there any are there any songs about trash cans? Mm. Yeah. I support the Diamondbacks. I'm a fan of the team. Totally deserved it. Hey, you know he deserved it. He takes his lumps. Well, move on. And I think that's the thing. Is, it's not is, that he did anything wrong. It's that he was on the Astros when they did. Well, something. he hit. He had his best best uh, batting average of his career in 2017. Coincidence? Correct. No, there's no, no coincidence. Not. No. <laughs> and Dodger fans, and I have many friends who are Dodger fans from college and everything like that. There is. They also hate Josh Reddick before the 2017 oh, Astros sure. because he was a Dodger. He was terrible on the Dodgers, mm. and then he said something bad about how their fan base are a bunch of fake fans. And then he goes to the Astros, and then he went to the Astros and cheated and to win games. the World Series. Uh, and so they, it's kind of the same reason why we have a problem with AJ Pollock uh, after supporting a. Well, why? Except I, Pollock was good here. Yeah, but here's the thing. At the end. Here's the problem I have with AJ Pollock. He was injured quite a bit here, and fans right. still supported him. He goes to Los Angeles, which is his right to do as a free agent. Obviously, they paid him a lot of money that the Diamondbacks or no other team was willing to pay him. He goes to L.A., completely stinks it up there, especially in the postseason. And then at their fan fest in 2020, before COVID shut everything down, he dogs on the D-backs fan base for not filling up the stadium not and not you know supporting the team and I'm, I I have a problem with that that that's where I have a problem with AJ Pollock sure. I will forever have that's a where everybody with him. has a problem with him but um anyway you know, the Diamondbacks right now can't really worry about the Dodgers or AJ Pollock or anything because they can really put together a full team Josh Reddick uh, in AAA actually was doing pretty good uh hit 304 Nine uh, hit safely in nine of eleven games with a couple of doubles and a couple of home runs. So, uh, you know, I think that they were hoping that he would bring some offense. Went zero for four with two strikeouts. It had to have been weird for him to be in the minor leagues again after a significant 13th, amount of time in the majors. Yeah. This is his thirteenth season in the majors. Crazy. Yeah. He actually has a lot of ties to this organization. Tori Lovello was his manager in Pawtucket with the Red Sox. Mike Hazen was the farm director back then. Right. And he, on the pregame show yesterday, he told a kind of a funny story how he and Mike Hazen used to butt heads a little bit Mm. because Josh Reddick, as a, he said, I was a punk kid that thought I could hit anything. If you threw the rosin bag up there, I could hit it in the gap for a double. And they wanted him to change the way he approached hitting the, to make it the quote unquote, as he said, the Red Sox way. 
and he they, boy, that they, sounds like a Theo. They wanted <laughs> they wanted him to take more pitches and everything. So what they did with him, he said they moved him to and this is all in the minor leagues. They moved him to the leadoff spot and they made him take pitches. He couldn't swing the bat until he took a strike. If he swung the bat before he took a strike, they would fine him. Nice. I like it. <laughs> and he, and I like it. And he said he was pissed at it at the time. But he's like, looking back, that's probably what really helped me become a good yeah, major league player. Right. He's like, now like, I do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. When, I remember when the Diamondbacks hired Tori Lovello, I did some like you know background research on like who is this guy really? Right. So I just searched Tori Lovello in YouTube. Oh. And what came up was Pawtucket Games. They used to do uh, hits where he would be like coaching third base. And he would be on headset basically with the TV broadcast. Or I think it was TV, yeah. And so he'd be doing live interviews during the game yeah. while coaching, which isn't something that you see managers do. I right. know they do more and more like players on the field, which is crazy to me. Um, super awesome, by the way. But Tori Lavella was doing that like 10 years ago plus right, right. when Ahead he had of guys his time. in minors. And I remembered seeing Josh Reddick hitting for the team in one of those videos. So yeah. that's, that's crazy that it's come full circle. Well, speaking of debuts for the Diamondbacks this season, Corbin Martin Ooh, made his yes. debut. I think Cor- we were all excited to have Corbin yes. up. Uh, yes, yeah. I was. I mean, I think it's one of those situations where with all of these injuries and all these opportunities, it's nice to see somebody we were excited about and that has a lot of potential for the future. Uh, I think now is, now is the time. As long as you're not rushing his development, uh, I don't really see a big benefit to – Pitching in Reno, unless you just really want to, you know, hurt your ego a little bit and raise your ERA up super high. I think that it's fine for me for him to be up. Uh, he didn't have a great outing, but pitched five innings, gave up three earned runs against the Dodgers. So, I mean, it was adequate. That's not the end of the world. It's a better outing than, you know, and, uh, some and, guys have had all season long. And just going back to what you said, rushing development, too. It's not like he was making his Major League debut on a rushed He's already made his major league debut. He's Correct. already pitched in the majors before. That's right. got to take some pressure yeah. off. Yeah, I yeah. think. He yeah, had five games with the Astros in I, 2019. I did think just watching that game, I did think he was a little amped up to start. He yeah. was throwing really hard, and he was missing up with his fastball. And I think he. I mean, once he settled down, yeah, he, he looked really good. He had and, six strikeouts and making like making yeah. your debut for your new team in Dodger Stadium. <sighs> Is probably pretty intimidating. That's a that's a um, pressure situation. But yeah, he looks like he's got really good stuff. He's got a mid nineties fastball with a good slider, changeup, and curveball. So I mean, if he can just you know locate everything, I think he's going to be a good pitcher. You know what's interesting about it? Now thinking about it, he's been with the organization since when was the Granky trade? Middle of two thousand nineteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. about two thirds of the way through the two season. Years, I guess almost. So he's been here a while. Yeah. It, like he's been a part of the organization for a while. And when he was brought over, he was kind of considered a tweener. I mean, he was he had also pitched in the majors, he was, but he's pretty much a prospect still. He was also injured when they traded for him. Right. And you spend so much time injured, so you're getting to know the training staff yeah, very well right. early on. But it's weird because, like, you know, I know it was his Diamondbacks debut, but he's been with the organization for so such a and, significant period of time. And. And to know that this is an organization that really wanted him because uh, reports say or things that I've been told have th- – this wasn't the first time they've tried to get Corbin Martin. Right. Um, we knew that from, yeah, during, so, that, yeah. during that trade. Yeah. They they wanted him for a while. Well, and they was, there were at points before the Granky thing was even a possibility, 
Um, what wasn't the Astros one of the teams the that were trade. reaching out about Robbie Ray? I think it was. I think it was Paul Goldschmidt. I think that was the rumors. Okay, were in the in the Paul Goldschmidt talk. The Astros were a candidate to land him, and I think Corbin Martin was a part potential part of that deal too. But, okay, interesting. Um, His Robbie name came Ray, up for you're sure. right though. Robbie Ray was another name because the, the Astros, Astros were competitive at that time and they yeah. were trying to win another championship right right and, right what's wild to me is the the throw-in or the last piece of that trade Josh, Josh Rojas. Rojas is the one that's technically been the most productive major leaguer from yep. that trade well he's been available right well, among, <laughs> NL, among NL players in the month of May he's tied for sixth with 21 hits 10th with a 344 average and 12th with a 541 slugging percentage I'll take that I mean as that's far great. as being a backup he's Again, outperforming. He has to be a your considerable starting. amount. He has to be your well. He'll probably be a starting right fielder, but he's your starting whatever. He's your starting. Well, he's, but he's, long he's, term, he must. He must start. <laughs> Think long term, though. Does this speak well of his opportunity to possibly be the starting second baseman yes. going forward? Yes, yeah, I would say so. Because I think that position is still widely available, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, I think though, like it depends this year. It's weird to talk about guys on this team this way, but like when as Drupal Cabrera comes back, he's what gonna, is he? Yeah. He's gonna be your third baseman and Eduardo Escobar will go back to second base. Um when Cole Probably, Cal- yeah. when Cole Calhoun comes back, he's your right fielder. So I mean, I don't know how and where long- does Paven Smith fit Paven in all this? Smith. He's been hitting leadoff. When Christian Walker comes back, where where does right. Paven Smith go? You know, it's you guys you guys act like Tori Lavolo sets a lineup. And no, no, no. I, I get that. I get I that. <laughs> but but there. But I'm at least with as Drupal Cabrera, that dude is starting almost every day somewhere. But the challenge is whenever these guys do get healthy, finding a spot for Josh Rojas, finding a spot for Pavin Smith, because these guys they look like they can hit at this level. So you look, need well, to get those bats in there. Lavallo has been a lot smarter about his management of the lineup. I feel as yeah. of late. I feel, well, first of all, he's doing the best he can, right? Um, he, he literally has nothing. And, and, and that's not to discredit. I feel like we're discrediting, um, the team, but between the injuries and just the, the performance and stuff, it's hard for him to put together a successful lineup yeah. uh, because of how inconsistent Everybody has been, whether it's pitching, whether it's, you know, at the plate, they've just had a ton of inconsistency. He's trying to find something that works. I like the way he's managed games this season as far as, uh, you know, the National League still having, you know, the pitchers hitting and, and switching out pitchers. He's been able to bring guys in that can stay in the game instead of just using them as a pitch hitter. Um, he's been able to switch guys because of their versatility in the game around to bring players in and, and just do creative things with the lineup. I feel like that is definitely a strength of this team. And when they get the starters back, if they can be healthy, if this team can not have, you know, 10 guys on the injured list, I think that, you know, they could they could make a run at being pretty successful. Yeah, it all starts with the injuries. And there's something to be said for positional flexibility and versatility. And I right. think that the Diamondbacks do it about as well as any organization does. But there's also something to be said about giving somebody the trust and your faith in them by handing them a, a job, by yeah. saying, hey, second base is yours. Sure. Um, like uh, like Nick Ahmed is great defensively at shortstop, but he's been a liability at the plate. He's been just downright sure. terrible. And not, that's not to say the last week, because he was, the Dodgers games, he was some of the most, one of the most productive guys at <laughs> Maybe times. Maybe like the best example is David Peralta, who's probably the longest tenured 
player, position player? I'm thinking, Ahmed is. I believe, Nick Ahmed but, probably is. Yeah. yeah. But like David Peralta, Peralta and Nick Ahmed are probably the most solidified starters at their position. Like right. other people don't really play that position unless they're injured. And so there's something to be said for that. Well, unless they're given a day off purposefully. Right. 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 So there is something to be said for giving a player a specific job and saying, this is yours. You don't have to worry about other people impeding upon your opportunity. I think there's something to be said for that. Maybe that's just me. I agree. And finding the balance between the two. Because they both play into how you set your lineup. There's also something to be said about players literally competing against their own teammates for positions, bringing the best out of them. And I think that that could be what we have right now where – the younger guys are being given an opportunity, and if they play well enough, they're going to win themselves more playing time and more starts. You know, I think Paven Smith is one of the guys, uh, Josh Rojas as well, that has done that. They've earned that, and I don't know how they factor in when the starters come out, uh, come back. I don't know that. I, I doubt that Lavallo is just going to push them aside and use them as backups. He's going to continue to have a rotation in the lineup and get someone like Paven Smith time in the outfield at first base maybe even third, wherever you can get in time. Let's have some national baseball discussions here. Um, Starting with the other day, Corey Kluber of the Yankees throws a no-hitter against his former team, the Texas Rangers, I thought was kind of interesting. Of course He pitched one inning for them. (laughs) (laughs) His two starts in that new ballpark were one inning and he got hurt, and then a no-hitter for the Yankees. And, yeah, I think he was traded... For Delino to Shields, and then to Shields ended back up on the Rangers, and they just traded to Shields again yesterday to the Yankees, which is the team that now has Corey Kluber. <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, um, it's like that's like a poor Delino to Shields. That's like Elon yeah. Musk, you know, killing cryptocurrency <laughs> and then probably buying a bunch of it back cheap and then killing it again when he wants um, to. Kluber threw the sixth full game no hitter. There have been seven, seven, if you consider Madison Bumgarner. Seven. Which we, we do. Which we do. We do, right. we do on this show. Mark it down. This so, is the show. That it's a no-hitter. It's, there's it's seven on this, on this so show. So here's the thing, guys. <laughs> we have seven no-hitters. It's still May. I oh, believe yeah. that's the single-season record for no-hitters, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, but here's the problem. Seven is. ML- yeah, seven is. Right. <laughs> MLB will never consider Madison Bumgarner's no-hitter a legit no-hitter, which but, is really sad. But do you think we're not going to get five more before the end of this season? <laughs> We Guys could. like Spencer Turnbull are throwing no hitters for the Tigers. That's the thing oh, is these are not the Jacob Degroms right. of the world. These it's are... been Carlos Rodon, right? John Means, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's probably the biggest name that's thrown one, um, but uh, not the best player. What did though. I just say? Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, yeah, yeah. Um, Spencer Former Turnbull, Corey, Corey Kluber. Kluber, yeah. Who am I missing? One, I'm missing one, Off but I can't remember Clu- who it is. Kluber and Bumgarner are the biggest <laughs> names, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and I mean... Were there two White Sox who threw him? No. No. Who was the other one? Oh, my gosh. But they, they, I'll figure it out. I mean, like again, idiot. I... <laughs> They've talked a lot about offense Joe being Musgrove. down across Joe the, Musgrove, that's right. They talk about the Duh. offense being the down across one. the board for all, you know, MLB. Well, Injuries are up across all MLB. Yeah. Like it's just did, a really Did you guys hear or see what Clayton Kershaw said about it? No. He they asked him about the no hitters and like if it has anything to do with how Why they, haven't you thrown one? No, no, no. How, <laughs> how they've changed the ball. And he goes, Well, it's not he said it's not good. I tell you that. He he was not in favor of how how it's it's made 
it's made the game so it's weird to hear a pitcher be like I'm kind of against all the no hitters. Yeah, I'm and, against all this non-offense. Well, and yeah. if it's bad be- for the game, and though. if it's because of a result of changing the ball, then it's kind of cheapening yeah. the no hitters. Like, sure, I don't think you'll ever cheapen a perfect game because that is also on the pitcher to not allow a single walk or an right. error or whatever. Back but, in my day, Bear, yeah. the ball was the size of a softball. Yeah. Good luck throwing a no-hitter <laughs> with that thing. It was a see how ball. small this ball is now. It's like a ping-pong ball. But I guess these like kids these days. I guess Kershaw's also said like the seams feel bigger on the ball hmm. so you get better grip sure. and all this stuff. So. Which is better for like and, pitchers with movement not getting... And now there's so many analytics to help pitchers out with 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 getting guys out that it's almost it's becoming not fair it's just so weird that like two or three years ago mlb was denying that the balls were juiced to get more homers and now they're fully admitting that they're changing the ball I'm like oh so it was like that it's just it's weird where where we're at with that you stuff. know what's wild to me is i've talked about this on the show many times but i remember back when I was a young man and they were having the home run derby race with Bonds and Sosa and Gonzo and all these guys McGuire. hitting all McGuire. And I remember a sports center where they talked about the impact of changing the ball yeah. on the game. And the one factor to me that was that stood out was that they were ridiculous enough to go down to a, a, a cattle farm in like Mexico where Rawlings gets their <laughs> leather from to see if it was in fact true that they were being asked to produce leaner cows <laughs> to produce a different kind of leather really scientific but no 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 this are your cows skinny sports center was you they, liars they were kind, it was kind of a joke because they were making it out, out like it was a conspiracy in was baseball was this a kenny main segment <laughs> exactly. i feel like it might have been no it was very much like that but it was mixed with sports science because afterwards right. they brought on like you know a, a scientist you know John, john brinkus physicist <laughs> <laughs> basically, I like that show. I've got all the Sports Center references. Oh, yeah. I got you. Great. They had, uh, you know, they just basically showed that, like, in the previous season, this many baseballs landed on the warning track, and if right. they were able to be hit with a force of zero zero point two percent further velocity, then every single one of those balls would have gone for a home run. Right. And they were like, a way that you could impact that is by the ball being harder. You know, and that that was what this theory was, was that baseball was secretly making the balls harder to increase offense in baseball. And and like for years, I remember that segment and just being like, that was the most that was the craziest thing I ever heard anybody say. Instead of just admitting all these players were taking amphetamines, they were just like, hey, there's the ball and it's getting juiced. But here we are. We're talking about the ball literally being changed and impacting the game. It's cr- well, I believe that it's I still believe that, that it's a correct thing. And, but again, like you, like Kershaw saying, you're doing that and you're kind of cheapening it because it makes it not really and, the same game that it was over the last 20 years. And it's crazy because in football, there was an entire scandal where a ball was deflated by a little bit. Slightly. Slightly deflated. 12 and, footballs. And yet, okay. <laughs> 11 of the 12. One for each number on Tom Brady's back. Yeah. Anyway, um, and it's and baseball is the number one sport for altering the ball that you play with. We have, we have pl- Chase Field has a humidor. Why? Because it's dry here. The, like the humidor doesn't exist. I, El humidor doesn't. <laughs> no, that's a different. That's a different that's guy. A different that's guy. a different. Different guy. discussion. He definitely exists. go ask the Colorado Rockies how the their humidor is working out for them. Because, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Doesn't matter. Like 
but like baseball is the number one sport that alters the ball as you know that we know and we know about it well, well because it can affect the game so much if a guy has a tiny bit of pine tar on his hand then he can literally throw you know a curveball or a cutter or a slider so much better than he would if his hands were clean you know like that's one thing is it does it matter have people in baseball not been doing it in some way for the eternity of baseball you know it's just kind of like the thing that some of the old timer guys that i talk to you know that have been around baseball forever during the steroid scandal they were they would laugh about al you know they were talking about these guys being on drugs they're like baseball players have always been on drugs it's always been a thing they just were more cavalier about it in the 70s and 80s when there literally was like a bowl of stuff you could take right. in the middle of the clubhouse right, right? like right. there's stories like that that exist and so we're always going to nitpick at the changes and the things with baseball but Bears right. I mean, when it comes down to the ball itself, impacting the ball, changing the ball, I mean, we're always going to do that. As we advance scientifically, they're going to find better ways to make a baseball and different ways to make bats. I remember corking bats was the biggest yes. deal. Like every, Sammy Sosa's bat oh my had God. cork in it. Yeah, like it on was, top of him doing steroids. I like re- I remember a period of time where it seemed like corking bats was constantly the biggest scandal of baseball. Then what? It just went away. Well, you want to talk about a hilarious uh, Sports Center clip? I remember when that happened when he corked the bat and everyone found out because it broke. Yeah, the whole thing. They did a segment <laughs> on Sports like, Center. This might have been Kenny Mayne. I don't remember, but they did a he segment where they literally showed they showed you how to cork a bat. <laughs> and then at the end of the segment, the guy I looks into the that. camera and he goes, "But don't do it, kids, because it's illegal." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, "You just showed it." And also with pitchers, like there's still guys that use substances out on the mound. They just hide it really well, or it's not illegal to yeah. get your hand a little dirty or whatever. Do you, it does. do you guys remember earlier this year, or maybe it was late last year, the whole Garrett Cole thing? Yeah. Like, the stu- hey, dude, the, the- show me how to put that stuff in that soda can and mix it. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we're cheating. Are we there. in a back alley, like, <laughs> cooking drugs? Like, what are we doing we're here? We're cheating. We're cheating. And, like, and I'm not saying Kershaw's cheating, but I was watching that game the other day. Do you see his hat? It's that's not all sweat, sir. There's brown patches on his <laughs> hat. I'm like, wrong. do you sweat brown sweat? Well, no, like, I'm not accusing him of anything. Even the radio broadcast was like, oh, cheating? like look at his hat. It's so sweaty. I'm like, there's I, a brown patch no, right I there. Remember, I remember if you if you remember John Wetland. And <laughs> Why some is he of these touching his hair all the time? From the 90s, they used to have disgusting hats, and that yeah. was the reason yeah. why is because it was easier to cover up. It's like the old pitcher of- from Major League. I got a spot of Vaseline right there. I <laughs> yep. got and I put it in my nose, and I get a snot snot ball or whatever. He's like, you rubbed snot on the ball. I, I don't throw ninety nine like you do. This kid. this is baseball. Speaking of old school baseball, oh god no. This debate might be even more fun. Uh, no, it's trying to make me mad. Tony Larusa, ah! one of our favorites. Ah! Former Diamondback. Uh, now with the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> the whole situation that happened this week, Yerman Mercedes, who is an emerging young star player with the White Sox, although their whole team is basically young emerging stars, um, he hit a home run on a 3-0 count while they were leading significantly, and he off hit it a off position of, player. Yeah, he hit it off of Astadio, or however you say his name. And El Tortuga. El Tortuga. This is a great nickname, by the way. It's fantastic. fantastic. He hits a home run off of the guy on 3-0, and Tony La Russa is ticked. 
He says he did something wrong. He says we're going to discipline him. We'll take care of it. Blah, 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 blah. Several players on the team now have come out and suggested that they support Yerman Mercedes hitting a home run, which from my perspective, why wouldn't you? And uh, so now the debate is within Major League Baseball, did Yerman Mercedes do anything wrong? Um, His manager says he did. Can I start? Yeah. Please. No, he did not do anything wrong. The Twins, by putting a position player on the mound, gave up on that game. By the way, which has been kind of an epidemic a bit yes, of, throughout baseball. Been a lot of position players yeah. pitching. Including lately. David Peralta making his yes. major league debut that he was former very pitcher. excited about. I'm sure um, he was, yeah. Oh, so excited. He's been bugging Lavallo to do it for five years, he said. The problem I have with this, I have a couple problems with it. Go. One... Again, we're talking about unwritten rules. These rules don't exist. They're just in certain individuals' minds. Number two, if if Yerman Mercedes had taken the 3-0 pitch and then hit a home run on the 3-1 off a position player, would everything be fine? Literally, that's what we're talking about? And then third, Tony LaRussa does not belong in Major League Baseball today. He is an old dinosaur who should be just extinct. He should have stayed retired. The only reason he is managing the Chicago White Sox is because their owner felt bad about firing him 50 years ago or whatever I don't know it was. that he ever like fully retired from baseball. He did not. He worked I think for the he Diamondbacks. Retired he the as a Red manager. Sox? Yeah, he's been with the Red Sox as like an advisor after he left the. I want to say he might have even been with another team between then. But I, I, don't I, don't, I don't know that. But the major problem I have with him is he didn't have his players back at all. He said we're going to discipline him. He missed the the take the take on three zero sign. He ignored it. Whatever it was, he swung. He hit a home run. And then the next game. I thought they were going to like just suspend Mercedes or bench him for a game or something. He played the next day. The Twins, and I have a huge problem with this too, the Twins threw at Mercedes on purpose. They missed him, but they threw at him on purpose. Threw behind the him. The pitcher was ejected, and then after the game, Tony La Russa said, I, he basically said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the actual quote, that he was fine with the Twins throwing at his player. Are you freaking kidding me? You're supporting your player being thrown at? Are you serious? For hitting a home run in a game that was a blowout of a position player. Bear. What is your deal? I want you to take a moment, and I want you to go back a few months ago when Tony LaRusso was hired. And I want you to listen to this podcast, this very podcast, where I laughed hysterically at the concept of Tony LaRusso managing the White Sox team. An exciting young team, the kind of team that, Baseball wants, you know, the kind of team that's going to do things like this. The kind of team that needs to be managed by Ozzie Guillen, if I'm being 100%. <laughs> Whoa. If I'm Whoa. being 100% truthful here, I'm just saying. If we're bringing back old White Sox managers, let's bring back Ozzie Guillen. That's what I'm saying. Um, Are you saying they should have hired him instead of Tony LaRusso? 100%. <laughs> they shouldn't have fired <laughs> the Robin would Ventura. Be, the team would be undefeated with Ozzie Guillen as their manager. And here's, wow. here's the thing about it. The White Sox are in first place in the yeah. in the AL Central, and that's I'm I'm pretty sure it's probably not because of Tony La Russa. Um, also, Lance Lynn 
who played for Tony La Russa in St. Louis, so they have a history together, came out and said, there are no rules when a position player is put on the mound. There are no rules. There aren't. Let, and, me, let, me, let me just say something. Let me say something. We could yell about this I'm gonna all. I'm going to yell. We could yell about this all day long. I want to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we Everybody knows. I don't think there's anybody siding with La Russa or the unwritten rules. The stupid unwritten rules, oh, as there you are said. Oh, there are people. As you said. There are people. Unwritten rules that... Are say make it not okay to hit a three zero meatball across the plate for a home run, but also make it okay to bean a guy in his head at ninety miles an hour with a fastball in retaliation for him hitting a home run in a prior game. By the way, baseball doesn't have aggregate scoring, so that home run didn't matter in this game, and you're doing right. nothing but putting an extra batter on the bla- on base. Right. It's stupid. I hate it. And I hate the idea of. Oh, we hit you. All right, we're all cool now. Like, that's dumb. Baseball's unwritten rules are dumb. They when are you dumb. Watch They're N- the worst when, thing ever. When you watch NCAA baseball, the fact that the teams get to celebrate the way they do, including the other day when LSU busted out an actual basketball hoop and had one of their players, <laughs> Ali Oop, a dunk after he came across the plate for a home run. That's what I want in baseball. <laughs> that's my unwritten rules. It says that you can toss your bat as far as you want to and pimp your home run as long as you want to when you hit it. If you didn't want him to look at that home run, then you shouldn't have thrown that particular pitch, sir. I don't care about pitchers' egos. I don't care about any of this stuff. Tony LaRussa, like you said, is an absolute dinosaur. He has no business at this point influencing the game or managing a young, exciting team like the White Sox. I hated the move since the beginning. There was one tweet I read, though, that surmised this entire situation better than I ever could. And it was from this guy, Jake, from Sports Talk Atlanta, similar podcast as ours. And he simply said, Tony La Russa saying Yerman Mercedes was disrespectful to baseball just months after he tried to get out of a DUI by flashing his World Series ring almost makes me dizzy from the irony. That's it. LaRusa has no business with the history that he has had, especially as of late, discussing anybody disrespecting the game for what they do in the middle of a game like that. Especially when all we're talking about here is a guy hitting a home run. You know what would be beneficial is for you to back up your players, is for you to support your own team. How how do those players play for him? If someone asked me, what do you think about Mercedes hitting that home run? I would say, well, next time don't put a position player in there to throw. And that's the thing about the other side of it. The Twins throwing at Yerman Mercedes on purpose the next game. You gave up in that game. You were getting blown out. And you gave up on the game it's, by putting your overweight third baseman slash catcher into throw a forty nine mile an hour pitch. It's not even giving up. What it is is you understand that you bullpens, are asking to be humiliated well, like bull, that. Bullpens are taxed, and you know that you don't want to waste any more of your bullpen arms by going in there. So you put someone like that in. Similar, and to you what don't the, have to. Similar to what the Diamondbacks did with David Peralta. David Peralta gave up a home run. I believe he gave up three earned runs in his inning pitched, and he, he had did. one strikeout and did not do very good. Did the Diamondbacks get? mad about it no no they got blown out and they were celebrating after the game that David Peralta finally made his major league debut as a pitcher that's 
what a good team does. Even a good team that's not playing well, they find things to be excited about. They have a fun time. You look for the positives, you look usually. For the po- it Especially almost, in a loss like that. It almost felt like Peralta being put in the game was done so to kind of race spirits right, right. Bit, right? Like We can't be depressed We can't all be night. depressed. Let's do have something. Have fun. Let's have know, fun. Let's let somebody make yeah. their debut. Let's let somebody do something fun. Steve, you haven't talked in a while. Can I tell you guys a, <laughs> can I tell you guys a quick story? Let's yes. Go. Um, so this unwritten rule that your Nerman Mercedes supposedly broke. Um, it's been broken before by me. Oh, God. I was in the fifth, what did you do? fifth or sixth grade. So, <laughs> like, you know, you're like in that age where you're finally getting into like kid pitch. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. And uh, you're, you're well into kid pitch by this time. I made an all star team in our oh, little league or Is whatever. Is this entire right? story a humble brag? Yeah, there? it's going to be a humble Is that brag. What the point Where's your World Series ring? Yeah, it's going to be a see No, 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 no. Being on all star teams. It's going to be half a humble brag and then half how it ruined my life. Get on with it, Steve. <laughs> Um, so I made this all-star team, right? And I don't know how they decided to do this, but they basically split us up and then they like drafted the two teams, whatever. So I'm on this team. I have no friends on the team. I don't know the coach on this team. I I don't want to be here (laughs) at this point. Sounds like every day of your life. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never have friends. And, uh, so I go up, we're losing 15 to zero in this game. By the way. For some reason, the normal field was like destroyed from like weather, so we had to play on like the smaller field. So we're on a field that's not even the right size for us. Like okay. it's like a hundred feet less to the fence, basically. Gotcha. And we're playing on the small field. We're losing fifteen to zero. They're just killing us. Just and it's all my friends over there, there on the other team, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I go up to the plate, and I'm, I'm at three zero, and I look down the third baseline, and the head coach or the manager he looks at me and he says, uh, says, "Okay, three zero. We know. Don't swing." And I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, 3-0, you sure. don't swing. Sure, yeah. duh. Uh-huh. If you want to get on base, you don't swing. And I go up there, and this this kid throws a meatball right over the plate. And I swung. And I hit it, and I popped it up. Oh. And I thought to myself, damn it. <laughs> and I, you know, I throw the bat down, probably angry. I was an angry kid. And I, <laughs> I jog down to first base, and I stop at first base. And the first base coach, he taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, uh, you hit that out of the park. And I was like, What? And he goes, yeah, that went over the fence. Like, I had been so used to playing in a normal size field that I hit a pop-up. And you knew that that was a pop-up to, like, right, right field or something and based on its trajectory and how high it went. I later like asked, like, You're like my Alex dad. Rodriguez in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> uh, right. That time he hit a ball up there's a bunch of times, but I just remember a sp- specific one where he hits a fly ball to right field, and he does the same thing. He slams his bat down, right. looks down, and it goes out yeah, over the just fence. just cruises over the fence. I goes asked the my second dad, deck. I asked my dad, I was like, would that have been caught on a normal parking? He goes, yeah, that thing barely made it out. <laughs> that like, shouldn't have been a did you run. get in trouble? So no, so I, I we the game ends. It's fifteen to one. The only run hey, is my solo home run on a pop fly. Years later, I was probably what fifth grade. You're talking like eleven or twelve. I'm seventeen now in high school. Already been kicked off of the uh, the like the actual <laughs> high school team. Like I didn't make that team. I wasn't good enough. Um, and I'm at the dentist's office, and the dentist is being particularly difficult with me, and like. I'm bleeding everywhere, and I'm in a lot of pain. (laughs) And I literally had to say to the guy, what the hell is going on here? Like, what is the deal? And the dentist goes, you don't remember me, do you? (laughs) And I was was like, what "What does that mean? I was like, I'm 17. This is like a 50-year-old guy, right? I'm like, what does that even mean? And he goes, goes, do you remember hitting that home run in the All-Star game? And I was like, yeah. And he says... That was my son. Oh, my God. And he goes, that's the only home run he's ever given up in his entire life. Oh, my God. And I was like, I ruined this guy's life. 
like through his child, the who kid, probably doesn't give a crap about it. The kid doesn't give a crap about it. No, he probably has given up. The kid probably doesn't remember it. And so I'm thinking to myself, what a crap! Freak. I got to get a new dentist. This like I guys like come Steve here. You have to move. You have to move. He's like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. There's a picture of you on his wall. Like yeah, exactly. He knew you. I'm glad I called that. So I went. I went home that day and I told my mom, "We got to find a new dentist." I wonder how giddy he got when he saw your name on the appointment schedule. He's like Zinsmeister. S. No way. It can't you mean Steven Zinsmeister? That for kid? All, for all this guy knows, I'm some like the punk kid who broke the rules. Player. And here uh, I am thinking to myself, that's the only home run I've ever hit in my life. Yeah. And it was a pop fly yeah. to second base, and it went over the fence somehow. Now, now imagine the grudge La is yeah. going to hold against so, Mercedes. Tony La is going to pull out Yerman Mercedes' Let team. this be a it's lesson. Be DFA'd next week. Let this be a lesson to Yerman Mercedes to not make the same mistakes that I've made that have now ruined yeah. my dental history. Yeah, don't try, wow. because trying is, is against the unwritten rules. Report comes back. The Steve, same. Steve has seventy-two <laughs> cavities. Yeah. his entire mouth. We're gonna to need go. to redo all your teeth, root canals on everything, um, and, and you need double braces. <laughs> and that reminds me, I need to go to the dentist. Yeah, uh, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. This has been a fun podcast with Derek Montia and Cody Fincher as well. Uh, check us out next week here on the Ain't No Fang Podcast at ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app. 